You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! Uh, 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 uh. Hey, are you right there, Mark? I'm in a confined space for you at the moment. I don't care for that sound. I, I think I'm okay, Leon. I, I, I hope I haven't come down with coronavirus, but just in case I have... Well, I would really appreciate it if you didn't. That would be lovely. Yeah, well, just in case I have. I, I have actually gone shopping a couple of days ago and stockpiled some toilet paper. I did see you all over Facebook all about <laughs> that. Was that not the most ridiculous thing? Well, if that's not... I mean, up there with Trump, is that not the fall of humanity? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't quite understand it. But, you know, one of the positive things that's come out of this, Leon, yeah. is I've... I've seen on Twitter some advice from the uh, the Australian federal government about how to reduce boredom while in quarantine at home. Oh, thank you, Australian government. That's helpful. What they say is being confined to home for an extended period of time can cause boredom, stress and conflict. Don't we know it? Mm. Suggestions include arrange with your employer to work from home if possible. Oh, I, I, I could definitely try and make some chocolate at home. I don't know how it's going to work out. Uh, ask your child's school to supply assignments, worksheets and homework by post or email. And most importantly, don't rely too heavily on the television and technology. Treat quarantine as an opportunity to do some of those things you never usually have time for, such as board games, craft, drawing and reading. And... Board games. So what you're trying to tell me is that it's finally taken a pandemic for people to start playing pandemic. I think that could be a, a perfect opportunity. Lovely. For people to have some of these... Oh, I'll tell you what. Get, get some time to get in some of these big campaign games. Well, I mean, pandemic legacy. You've got to save the earth somehow, so you might as well do it from the confines of your own house. And I'm sure we will finish that game one day, Leon. <laughs> no, no, we won't. <laughs> now, I should say that we are the Dice Ben Cometh. I am Mark. I am Leon. And we are here... For episode 298. It's ridiculous. So close. It's the 5th of March, 2020. And we, that I spend cometh here without our uh, esteemed friend Garth, because he's away travelling somewhere like he always is. Again, for no apparent reason. No. He just, just likes to get away from us. Which anyway, we, uh, we love to come in here. Into the Edge Radio Studios, 99.3 FM in Hobart, mm-hmm. or live over your interwebs via the connected tubes of podcasting to talk about board games, card games, role-playing games, all sorts of tabletop games, and the people and animals, whoever, <laughs> like to play them. Who knows? If you can find your house, you'll find anybody to cover the company. That's right. And also, before we go too far, we should thank our very, very kind sponsors, LFG Looking for Gamers. Clearly, if you're looking for gamers now, you'll find them at home in quarantine. Generally. Uh, Check them out, lfg-oz.com.au. They run some of Australia's best board game events. They've also got an online store and a physical store in Canberra. Yeah, so if you don't want to leave that house and get those games delivered right to your door for your enjoyment, they are the website to go to. So on tonight's episode, Mm. I am going to talk about how I recently delved into the underworld to try and get the favour of death itself. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That sounds very me. Could be handy if you do get the coronavirus. Oh, that's... 
thank you. And me, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell all the listeners about how they can spend their hard-earned dollars oh. from the comfort of their own home via said internet. Yeah. With Kickstarter, of course. There's a lot of stuff happening on Kickstarter. Possibly at the, the biggest Kickstarter update we've done in a very long time and we'll probably do it again next week considering how much we haven't had a chance oh, to talk about it's so crazy but anyway let's get cracking into a song and we'll be right back to talk about some underworld shenanigans you're with the dice man cometh on edge radio 99.3 fm hi this is ella from ella loves board games and my favorite podcast is the dice man cometh Oh, there we go. A very calming track by Bronze Savage, a local Tassie act. That song was called Waxed Apple. You can't get more Tasmanian than that, can you? Here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM, you are listening to The Dice Men Cometh, and we are proudly sponsored by LFG Looking for Gamers. Check them out at lfg-oz, that's A-U-S, dot com dot A-U. As I said, they've got an online store or a physical store if you happen to be in uh, the ACT and probably most importantly, they run an amazing event mm-hmm. called LFG Sydney, funnily enough. Oh, yeah. And guess where it is, Leon? Is it in Sydney? That's right. And it's in July. Yeah. And we are going to be there. We certainly are. I put in some of my long service leave just the other day. All three dice men. It's the first time apart from BorderCon. Yeah. Where all three dice men have got to a fair income gaming convention. Done. Oh, Except for maybe PAX. No, I was going to say we did PAX one year, all three yeah. of us. Yeah. But we're going to be there. Check it out on the website, lfg-oz.com.au. Now, Leon. Hello. You've been courting the dead. Is that what I hear? I mean, yes, my wife doesn't... Well, you've been she, caught she, dead? She has a little bit more life in her than that, but yes, yes, no. No, she, she doesn't get out that much, that's, but, but she's very much alive. Anyway... And doesn't have the coronavirus. No, not as far as I know, but I haven't spoken to her that much today, so okay. we, we will see. Okay, um, everyone's already dead in the underworld, Mark. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, it's true. Um, so it's time for you to join the factions of Bone, Flesh and Spirit Ooh. as they work to achieve the goal of the underworld, to gather enough forces to take on the celestials of both heaven and hell to end their ceaseless war. So essentially, the angels and the devils have been going at it for eons and eons and eons, and all the mortals that are kind of dead in the middle of it that are mm-hmm. getting used as, like, power, essentially, they've just they've had enough of it. And death himself is just like, right, I, I, I'm getting all these people down here, and you're just using them in this ceaseless battle? Do I, I, do I get to pick which of those three factions I want to... Being, you certainly like do. flesh sounds pretty good. You get to pick which of those three that you will start having the most influence oh, in. Oh, it's influence. Yes, because there's only three of them, and this is a two to five player game. So there could be multiple people in the same game mm. that are looking for influence for the similar different factions anyway. So, yeah, so the players will work... Uh, diplomatically in Court of the Dead, a mourner's call, to maintain a balance that can ensure the underworld survives long enough for them to complete their collective and hidden individual objectives. Because mm. it wouldn't be the underworld if you're not screwing people over. Of course. Uh, the player who best contributes to these goals will earn death's favour and placed among the elite of the underworld. Uh, yeah, anyway. Sounds intriguing. It certainly does. And by the picture, you look at the box of this, my God, it has one of the nicest boxes in board gaming history. It's so it's so metal, I can't even describe it. It's, <laughs> it looks there's, very metal. There are skeletons, there are zombies, there's warriors. It's just a whole blood and chaos and nonsense, and, and I love it. So, Court of the Dead is published by uh, a company called Raygun Games. It's also in an affiliation with uh, USAopoly, okay. or the OP, if you will. Mm. Uh, but it's also published somewhat by a company called Sideshow. Now, do you know who they are, Mark? 
Why does that ring a bell? Sideshow are a humongous high-end toy company. Oh. They do really, really expensive toys for things like they do all the comics. They do Marvel and DC. They do video games. They do anime. So if you've ever seen those figures, so those figures. like those ones that cost like eight, nine hundred dollars, yep. and you think, but my God, do they look nice? Sideshow is one of the biggest of those. Oh. But they also have their own original IPs, and Court of the Dead is one of them that they have. Okay. It's with their Underworld, funnily enough, collection where they have like things like your Reapers and your Skeletons yeah. and things like that. But All they good scary metal stuff. Yeah, but they've also contracted a lot of different writers to fill out the, the lore of these figures. So not mm -hmm. only do the figures look amazing, and also the minis in this game are based off a lot of those figures and a lot of those characters. There's things like there's uh, there's comic there's a comic book series there's yeah. a, there's kind of like a kind of like an encyclopedia that it's called like the encyclopedia of the underworld which just shows a lot of their art because they sell a lot of art prints as well. Okay. So rest assured, the art in this game is I mean it's ten on ten, out of the out of the bat. Yeah, and so they've taken their own IP, some really good looking images yep. and statuary and whatever, mm -hmm. and then added a game to it. As you do. And it was designed by Patrick Marino. Now, he has not done a lot in past years. However, in the last year, oh, has he been a busy boy. Really? Because he was the designer of the Batman version of Talisman. Oh, yes. Which came out last year. All this is in 2019. Uh, the Harry Potter... And the Star Wars Rising games, based off the Thanos Rising oh, yes, yeah. game. So there's one that has Darth Vader in the middle. There's another mm -hmm. one that has uh, the Death Eaters in the middle. He also did Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist game, Ooh. which came out last year. And Court of the Dead also came out last year. So he's been a busy man. So in 2019, this guy's released five or six games that he's either designed or co-designed. He knows his way around a licensed property, that's for sure. He certainly does. So, uh, Court of the Dead, it is a two to five player competitive area control slash dudes on a map game. Mm -hmm. That's what I wrote because that's what it is when you yeah. look at it. Although it's not terribly fighty. That's the first thing you need to know. You look at it and you go, oh, it's going to be one of those games where it's, I'm getting a big army of guys and so are they and we're going to smash into each other. No, it's got a lot more Euro influences than just your Ameritrash, we're going to build a big army and destroy each other. I was which... going to, just about to say, oh, the game that comes to mind and then clearly it didn't come to mind because I couldn't remember the word and the word that popped in my head was Battle Rage? Why am I confusing putting no. two games together? I think you're thinking of Blood Rage. That's the one. Yes. This <laughs> this game would draw a lot of comparisons to Blood Rage yep. and its sequel, well, spiritual sequel, Rising, Rising Sun. Sun yep. in that those games look amazing, but they have Euro influences. Yep. And although there's heaps of guys on the board, it's not just an all-out warfare. There's lots of different components and lots of different game styles going on. So is this sort of, could this be described as like El Grande of the Underworld? Duh! There's not that many dudes on the board, but, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say no. Sure, okay. why not? So the way that you will uh, win this game is you get a hidden objective that nobody else on the table knows. You're trying to achieve that, which is going to get you uh, unity, which is the equivalent of victory points. Mm -hmm. You can also gain unity throughout the game, as well as those three different factions that I mentioned, the influence that you have over those three factions at the end of it. Because you don't play a specific one of those factions. You play as somebody that is... You're a mourner. You're an ally of death and your job is to basically so serve um, the court of the dead who are the people that have been gifted to uh, run the underworld. Okay, yep. they're, they're like the politicians under death and you're the people under them. So, so you're, you're like a hangers-on-er. Yeah, so you're trying to rise up in the ranks yeah. by getting 
it's almost like the like the Game of Thrones. You're the like the the Varys guy, like the spreading secrets kind okay. of thing, trying to build your allegiances. So the way that its game is going to work, it's broken down into quite a lot of different phases, as a lot of these games are. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first one, there is a resource called now. I'm going to butcher the name of this. Is Ethria, I believe, and it essentially is mm. mortal souls. Mm. That is the currency of this game, and they're represented by beautiful little, uh, like aquamarine crystals okay. that you have. Uh, the person who is the first player who gets this awesome death token—that that is the first player of this game—the yeah. person that has the big cool death token—they are going to be responsible for. They're going to roll some dice because this di- go- game does have a little bit of dice, not heaps, but a little bit. They're going to roll some dice, and whatever comes up, say eighteen, they're going to make. On their- how many? On how many? Dice? Uh, four, I think. So D sixes. Yeah. Okay. I believe it's one die per player. Oh, okay. Right. But then they're going to split those amounts of mortal soul crystals into five different piles. So I say five because I played two four-player games of okay. this. So it was one extra from how many players that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And those stacks can also have zero in those stacks. So that person will split up those stacks into the different um, different numbers. So one might have five, one might have six, etc., etc. Now, from in, then in reverse t- turn order, so that person's going to pick last, They people will take their income for the round. The old I split, you yeah. choose mechanic. Yes. Oh, it's such a good one. It is a good one. And like I said, in this one, you can actually choose to take a pile that has none Ooh. because if you do that, it actually can increase your influence in some of the tracks that you have instead of taking income. But income is good to have. However... The one that pile that doesn't get chosen will go into the middle of the board, which is a place called, I think it's the the Dread Spire. I don't have the board in front of me, so I yeah. can't remember exactly. Because those crystals are going to come in handy in a later round that I'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to spend them to do stuff, but they also need to keep a hold of a few of them. Okay. So the next one is everyone will collect every round what is called a Wallows card. These are essentially side quests. You can use them to gain unity, so the equivalent of your victory points. You can also use them to fight these evil spirit monsters that come up on the board. You can use them to gain equipment artifacts that you can use throughout the game. So everyone gets one of those. They're common knowledge to everyone. Just gives you something extra to strive for on your turn. And the term wallows, does that refer to anything in the world or uh, well, it, because you it's, are it's, it's you are wallowing off to the side instead of doing the main thing yeah pretty much yeah yeah nothing in particular just that that's what they call okay but it's just it's fun i guess they just yeah you go out to the wallows of the because this game is actually set in the biggest city in the underworld so i guess oh. the wallows is like the outskirts of the city okay right. fair enough uh then then you've got some drafting because this game's got all the mechanics. Mm. And in the drafting are these big giant tarot cards, and I think there's 18 of them in the game. These are the Court of the Dead. Okay. So these are the cards that you will be every round you will have, or at least in a four-play game, you will have three of them, and you can play them from your hand. They don't have any cost to them, and they each have two abilities on them that you get to choose from. And the art on these things are absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And most of them will do something positive for you, but negative to the collective of the either the other people you're playing against or the board in general, which you're trying to kind of keep in check because otherwise utter mayhem is going to break out. So you do a bit of drafting like that, like normal. You do the left first round, right the second round. Fun is to be had. Then in phase four, that's when you actually do your actions, which is the bulk of what you're going to be doing throughout the game. So the actions you're going to be doing is playing different cards, as I just said, to give you different benefits. You're then going to be spending your, uh, your Ethria, your soul coins, to get dudes out onto the map. And you're going to be doing that by collecting these mourner cards, which are kind of the equivalent of the, like the person that you are. And these cards become 
the special abilities that you can have throughout the rest of the game. Okay. And you all start with one of these. So when you pick one of your factions at the start, you get a Mourner card based on that faction. So if I pick the, the Flesh clan, I will get a Flesh Mourner at the start, and his special ability is then mine for the rest of the game. Ah. So everyone starts off being slightly different. So you can get the dudes out on the map, and with the dudes as well, there are the dudes for the three different factions, but there's actually two different guilds in each faction. Mm -hmm. So you can get different ones of those. And when you do that, your influence in those guilds goes up on a track. So you've got so many different tracks around there, but it's not too hard to pay attention to. You're just going to know, when I get a new dude out, I've got to go up on this track. So, like, in the bone faction, yep. you might have the, the leg bone... And the knee bone faction. Are they connected yeah. at all? Uh, they are next to each other on the board. Okay. And um, if you sing a certain rhyme, they, <laughs> they might just be. Okay. But sometimes the, the flesh and the ghost might get involved as well. Ah. So you do that. You go through that whole round. You're playing all your actions. You keep doing that till everybody passes. It's also one of those games where, say, you pass... We each have another action. You get to then choose to pass again, or okay. you can come back in until everybody's passed. So everyone goes around spending all their stuff. Then you've got to pay attention to the two tracks that are on the ground, the, the Dreads Grip and the Celestial Tithy. These are essentially paying off the demons and paying off the angels. So the paying off of the demons is you want to try to keep that track down by playing different cards throughout the game because mm -hmm. the more that that goes up, I'm trying to remember because, again, I haven't got the board in front of me right now, but the, basically if that goes up too high, you have to roll some dice and you could end up losing some of your mourner cards, yeah, which okay. is not fun. Whereas on the Celestial Tithy on the other side, that controls how many people can be on different locations of the board. Because, wow. again, like death might be in charge of the underworld, but the demons and the angels kind of think they're in control, so they don't want heaps of groups of people meeting up because that's going to you know be bad for them because okay. they could because they could go turning on them. But the celestial titty to get what you need for so that track doesn't go up. That's when you're going to be using those soul crystals, and you're going to do a bit of the old blind bidding uh, mechanic. Wow, this. Is Game's got everything. It's got a bit of everything. And what you're going to do is you're going to put the fist out with how many different soul tokens you've got in it. And this is where the ones that were in the middle of the board come back into play because they will come off the group's entire collection. So when you're doing that whole collecting stuff at the start, I've both times in the game that I had a chance to, I did that. I tell you what, there's three and four left. I'm going to take just the three. Remember that, that I'm leaving four in the group pile for later. And then when I spend none in this round, people can go, well, I suppose <laughs> he did that, but whatever. Okay. But the person who spends the most in this blind, blind bidding phase is the person that will get the most unity, so the victory points. Yeah. And if you spend none, you pretty much get nothing. And it depends on whether you've passed or failed the amount that they're after, which is different each round depending on the track. If you pass, it's all pretty much good. Everyone gets a bit of unity. If you fail and you also didn't put anything in, you just lose heaps more stuff. You lose influence, you lose other unity. It's just not fun all around. And then the final phase is your general cleanup where you check all the different tracks and all the different locations on the board. You see who's got majority in all these things and every single one of them, I think there's 10 on the board and then those six different guilds, they are all, whoever has the majority gets bonuses for them. Okay. So that's how you get that on top of your, your income at the start of every round. And that's pretty much the game. You do that several times. In the game that we played, the game was actually over in two rounds. Wow. Yeah, really? so this game does not overstay its welcome. But you, in each round, you're, you're going to get a number of turns. Oh, yeah, you get a number of turns. Yeah. So we, there was a fair amount of game, and we had to learn all the stuff that I just went yeah. through. Now that I've known it the once, though, this would be so much easier the next time through. Okay. And when we played it again, we were actually like, well, this definitely didn't overstay its welcome. 
but we kind of want. I wanted an, one more round. Yeah. So when I play it next, we might even do because the game ends based off how many. Uh, Unity is on the board, yep. and per player, it's like I think it was thirty-five with four people. And I said, if you get rid of that in a round, you finish off that round, the game is over. Yeah. And we did it in the second round. Yeah. So the next time I play it, I might just say, right, we're pretty much just playing three rounds of this. Whoever wins after three rounds is the winner. Okay. And yeah, so we went through it all, and that was pretty much it. So can I ask you some questions? Because obviously, may. I haven't played this game. Sadly not, but I reckon you would like it. So we will get it to the table. Okay, soon. cool. And I'm, you know, I'm looking. We've got board game geek up here. I'm looking at a few pictures. I'm listening to what you said. Firstly, yep. this IP, Court of the Dead, you said it's called. Have you have you read any of those no, graphic but I, novels? No, but I think I will get my hands on them because they're you know they they're me in a nutshell. Okay. They're very metal. Yeah, look at them in the art; looks amazing. And the uh, the, the components are. 10 on 10, 11 yeah. on 10. The boards have all got the indents for all the different tracks and the stuff that you can slide up. The, okay. u- the Unity tokens are actual metal coins. Oh, it's, metal. Yeah, it's all very, very good. Okay, and uh, so does this game remind you, mm-hmm. or what other games does this remind you of? Now, we've already mentioned Blood Rage yep. and Rising Sun, and, of course, I mentioned... Uh, just as a bit of a joke there, of course, El Grande, just because it's area control. Yep. But... What what other games come to mind when you're playing this? Does it does it feel like anything else? Well, on my shelf at home, the, there is one problem I'll give to this game is that they didn't follow the Kallax rule. Uh, is that the box is too bloody big oh, and it has really? to sit on top of it because it won't fit in any of my shelves. This would sit on top of my my Blood Rage and my Rising Sun until, of course, the Egyptian version of that game comes out. We'll be okay. talking about that later. Uh, and then the shelf below that, I have Cyclades and Comet. And Inish, right. very similar to those. So these are games that they're all offer something slightly different, but they're all in a similar kind of vein. You almost need a whole dudes in a map room. Yeah. With all of those. Well, I'd be more than happy to call my, my man cave my dudes in the map room. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, and this was a big Kickstarter. Is there a lot of extra Kickstarter bling? Is this, is there a retail release on this? I'm know? not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure there is a retail release of it, and I'm not sure the differences, but I was lucky enough to pick this up a guy... Down here, locally, um, in Hobart, he had bought two copies of it. Oh, wow. And one of them he put up for sale at a really reasonable price. I think I got it for $80 Australian. Gee. And it retails for about 200 Australian. So, I don't know. If you don't get all the bells and whistles, it's not the end of the world. But, yeah, it's the... It, the components are absolutely grand. And you said the minis themselves, they're good quality. Does it... Does it's it... not really about the minis so much. Yeah. Is that it's more about like the art on the um, the court cards and the mourner cards are more impressive than the minis themselves. The minis themselves are fine, but all the minis in the game are the minions of the different guilds. Okay, yeah. So you've got six different sculpts two different colours in each, your, yeah. your green, your red and your white, and then you've got a few monsters. You've also got one or two real big ones. One of them's the death first player uh, marker, and the other one's like this big jester-type character that goes on the board and causes a bit of mayhem. So it's not so much about the unique minis in this game, whereas a lot of those other games, like your Blood Rage and Rising Sun, where you've got your big Godzillas and your trolls and your dragons and stuff. So it's not so much about that. It is more to do with um, the, the mechanics and the card play as opposed to the actual calling it a mini-fest. Okay. Yeah. And so for those gamers, what what sort of gamers do you think would be attracted to this? Like if they've played this other game and really liked it, this you might be drawn towards this. Is there a, a comparison you can draw? Well, other than the ones I just mentioned, because mm-hmm. that's, that's a given pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but anybody that's... It is one of those games like them that is somebody that is more of a Euro-style gamer... 
but obviously likes the look of this. I mean, because just look at it, for God's sake. Yeah. And all the different mechanics in it. And, yes, it does have a luck factor to it. There's a little bit of dice rolling, but not heaps. There's card um, drafting, so obviously the order of the cards you pick up and how mm-hmm. you do that. So there's some luck involved, but there's definitely a lot of mechanics, as you saw, a lot of Euro mechanics in play. So somebody that's looking to, to go from pure Euros into this mm-hmm. and anybody that is into these more kind of dudes on a mappy type games that wants, like, that's all well and good smashing them in these big things into each other. But if you want a bit more of a game to it, this could be something to look at as well. Okay, and I'll tell you what, one that's coming to mind for me, and again, it's one I haven't played and you talked about it and you liked. Mm-hmm. It's also a dark theme but in a different world. Tyrants of the Underdark. Yeah, Tyrants of the Underdark, which was more of a, a deck builder, but it is... Yeah, it's definitely in that kind of vein as well. That could happily sit on the same shelf as this. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much, Leon, for telling us all about Court of the Dead Mourner's Call. Mm-hmm. Just look at some of those pictures. It does look really sweet and very does. metal, as we said. Yeah, now, very much we so. We might take a quick break. Sure. And grab our breath. Uh-huh. We're going to need it Yeah. when we come back and talk about all the things that are on Kickstarter because there is so much stuff on Kickstarter. But just a reminder, you're listening to Edge Radio 99.3 FM and we are sponsored by LFG Australia, lfg-oz.com.au. We are the Dice Men Cometh and we're going to be back with you very shortly. Hello, lovely Dice Wife Sarah. Hello. Or Sarah, as you're known to the common world. You love board games, right? Yes. And you love cool clothes, right? Yes. Excellent. Well, you should get on to Kickstarter right now and check out Ludo Cherry. Do you want to know why? Yes. <laughs> Is that all you can say? No, I'm just so excited. Cool. Excellent. So, they have four awesome designs made by two really cool Australians. They have sizes to fit all. They're 100% cotton. They're ethically made. They have really cool short sleeve shirts and skirts. And you'll never believe this. They have pockets on everything. Pockets on everything? Yes. Oh. You're excited about the pockets? Yes. Yeah, we're all excited about the pockets. Now, I'm going to pull the veil back a little bit, which is a bit unprofessional I want to add, but what are you going to do? Uh, You actually knew all that because we've backed it already. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we have backed it already, but, you know, just for fun. But guess what? This is something you don't know. We're going to have to give them more of our money. More of our money? Okay. Because as of recording, they've raised nearly $50,000 in only three days. Congratulations to them. But they've just unveiled that at 60000 which they're hopefully going to hit very soon, there is a new design and it's a little bit metal. This new design, it has heavy metal skulls, eldritch symbols, books, tentacles, and a really cool green background. But they're like all of our favourite things. Tentacles? Yeah, I know. How good are tentacles? So, you can go over to Kickstarter right now and check out Ludo Cherry. And remember... Follow them on all the socials. There's some awesome photos and testimonials out there already. I can't wait to give them even more of our money now. Yes, indeed. All the money for a quality product. So get on over to Kickstarter and check out Ludo Cherry right now. And back that cool heavy metal design. That was moaning. As you do with Don't Go on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh proudly brought to you this week and every week by our great friends at LFD. Check them out. Get them to send all the cool games to your house. But if you want to get lots of other games sent to your house, probably not any time in the next few months, but sometime, hey, probably this time next year, you're going to be flooded with them once you spend all your money 
on the old Kickstarter. Absolutely, because the love kickstarts again. Oh, yeah. Have we, have we not got the song? No, nah, I left my USB stick at home. Oh, God, we're so amateur. <laughs> We're going to get yelled at well, by people. Look, we probably haven't got time to listen to it. That's, uh, that's the thing because yeah. there is so much. Mm. And so I'm going to say straight up, yep. we're not going to talk about everything that's on Kickstarter at the moment. There are just too many. Yeah. we talk about some in depth. We might skim over a couple of others. Uh-huh. Um, I was just telling you, Leon, the story of how I thought I'd get really organised this week, <laughs> sit down on Tuesday night and, and do a lot of my show preparation with Kickstarter. And then... In the early hours of Wednesday morning and into late or on Wednesday, there must have been 20 new campaigns I, I think I've backed three things in the last 24, 48 yeah. hours, I think. It's absolutely And that's crazy. me being trying to be conservative. Well, I'm just lucky that I'm broke at the moment. Yeah. Maybe I'm lucky. But um, <laughs> one that I have backed yes, and that listeners of this show will be we- uh, well aware of because we've had some support from them and we've supported them, Yeah, that is Hyper Viper Neoprene Game Mats. Oh, yeah. Now, this one is funded. Uh, I think originally they were going for four or five grand. They're now well over six and moving forward. Yep. Still has 19 days to go, though, with their Neoprene Game Mats. Uh, I won't go into too many more details because if you want to go back and listen to Last week's show, or the week before show, uh-huh. we spend quite a bit of time talking about them. They are lovely looking mats. On my gaming table, we'll have a nice little bit of neoprene on it as it is, but I'm still considering maybe if Kickstarter doesn't take all my money of <laughs> backing one of those mats myself. Well, I, I will have one of them on the way, that's for sure. Lovely. Now, the second one, our very good friends, Phoebe and Mark, and you mm. also will have heard about them on the show before, Ludo Cherry. This one launched early on the morning, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Yep. I'd gone to bed. But when I got up, there it was, yep. the stylish tabletop-themed skirts and shirts because it is a new kind of geeky clothing inspired by board games and role-playing games. They've got – it's one of those things where you think, oh, that's a nice-looking pattern, and then you look closely and you see, yeah. oh, they're not polka dots. Yeah. They're D20s. Oh, yeah. They're not flowers. Yeah. They're meeples yeah. and other things like that. Now, they are original designs – yeah. Um, it's 100% cotton. It's all ethically made. You've got lovely skirts. I don't know what style you would call that skirt. It's like a nice. skinny around skirt. All I know is they've got pockets, which every skirt should have. Apparently. These ones definitely do. Yeah, it's the very that sort of, you know, 50s retro. Yes. I don't know anything about fashion. Rockabilly type of They're thing. They're that, yes. yes. So uh, that's the skirts. As you said, they've got pockets, which can apparently hold up to 200 dice. That's pretty impressive. And then they've got the awesome short sleeve, short button-up yeah. yeah. shirt. All these really cool designs. Yep. Phoebe, of course, well-known in the gaming world. She's got her own website, Cardboard Vault. She's worked for a number of gaming companies, but they've been working on this for the last couple of years. They certainly have, and they are absolutely two lovely folk. We enjoy playing games and seeing them at lots of different conventions, and they've done really well. This is one of the very... Maybe the only Kickstarter, though, I must say, I woke up the other morning and my wife was on the computer in the lounge room looking at Kickstarter. Uh, and I went, what are you doing looking at Kickstarter this early in the morning? That's my job. And she <laughs> went, well, I'm backing the Ludo Cherry stuff today. And I went, ah, of course you are. Good on you. So this this has only been going for a day and a half. Their uh, target was 25000 Yeah. They've already made over 45000 Yeah. in just a day and a half, and it's still got another 20 days to go. So plenty of time to get onto that. Sure. It's very affordable, uh, but it's fantastic quality. Great to see a couple of so nice Aussies just 
smashing it out of the park. Mm-hmm. So that's Ludo Cherry. Now, speaking of really nice Aussies, uh-huh. the folk at Campaign Coins in Melbourne, including friend of the show Mark Morrison, uh-huh. they have another campaign at the moment called RPG Treasure. Now, for those who don't know, Campaign Coins make, funnily enough, yeah. coins and other metal tokens for your role-playing game campaigns. Also, you can use them for board games. Again, they've raised over 33000 on this, and it does still have 12 days to go. Heaps of amazing loot in terms of coins and tokens and things. It's various sets at various prices. They've got all sorts of stuff, and these are amazing quality. My. Now, a while back... Yeah. I did lash out and buy some of these. The very metal yeah. uh, black set called Electrum Ooh. for our good friend Trent. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he was going to use them for, but I thought they looked very metal and very nice. Yep. And I bought them for him as a present to say thank you for being such a wonderful game master for our Cthulhu game. Yeah. You know what he used them for? Huh? Track Sanity. Ah. So we have our little, like, Sanity coins. Yeah. Which means we're always giving him money back yeah. because we're always losing sanity. This is one of those things where, like, getting one set of these coins is fine. If you try to, if you look into getting multiple, it starts to go into the realm of this is a bit of cash I'm spending yeah. on it. But they're going to last forever. Oh, they're such good quality. Uh, and you could use them for every single game you ever play yeah. if you wanted to. You can just, any game that has a currency, which is 90% of them, mm-hmm. just replace them with these. And yeah, my God, they're nice. Yeah, and look, they've got um, a lot of good runs on the board campaign coins. Uh-huh. So check that one out, RPG Treasure. Now, coming to a few little card games out of Australia here that people I hadn't heard of or I wasn't aware of, Liam, but um, Sam Millam from Melbourne, uh-huh. he's got a card game. A little bit like your, uh, what was it called? Court of the Dead. Yeah. Lost in Valhalla. Oh, as you A fast and fun survival game about the Viking afterlife. Now, in a nutshell, Leon, you're just an ordinary dude. You've died. Uh But instead of going to the good place or the not-so-good place, you've been sent to Valhalla by mistake. There's all these dead Vikings running around. You've got to get out of there. I reckon I could handle myself. You need to find a rune of resurrection. You need to battle foes and craft epic weapons. Because, of course, to fight dead Vikings, you need epic weapons. Yeah. Um, now, this is his third game. He, The other two being Fairy God Plumber uh-huh. and Spaceship Zoo. Now, I haven't heard a lot about them, but, look, he's going well. He set a very modest target of $3,000, and he's raised over $20,000. I'm, I'm not surprised with that art. That is lovely yeah. little art that he's got there. And, yeah, to 20000 and, again, we've said this 100 times. We will say it 100 times more. Setting a small, realistic goal mm. just to get your game out there, that's the way you get things like this where you get the prices smashed out of the park. And here's the other thing. It's 25 Australian, including shipping. Oh, you can't go wrong. So, look, if you're into the, your fun little card games, it's only, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. Really smart little uh, little art, as we said, with your Viking theme. I might have to put the old remind me button on that one yeah. and see how we go when that campaign It finishes. still has 21 days to go. And yeah. another one out of Melbourne, uh, sorry, out of Brisbane, this one, yep. from Half Monster Games. Now, they did a game a little while back called Animal Empires that was successful on Kickstarter. This one, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> it's a game of medical malpractice. Lovely. Where you're a doctor in the 1800s, drunk as hell, and curing plague and blood ghosts with cocaine and amputations. Lovely. It's sort of like um, one of those party games where one person will have a 
a disease or a malady or something, and the other players will be doctors trying to spruik why they should be allowed to cure it because, hey, they've got the cocaine or the leeches or the bone <laughs> sore, whatever might work. You're trying to convince the person with the malady how best you might heal them. Now, again, they set a modest target of uh, just over 4000 and they've raised 22000 That's the way to do it. Um, it still has eight days to go. So if you're interested in becoming a doctor in the 1800s with cocaine and amputations, I mean, check that one out. And again, 40 Australian, including shipping, got some really nice old-timey art. Lovely. Got to love that old-timey art. <laughs> That's right. And then the final one that I'm going to call in the Australian section, <laughs> even though these guys, they're just from across the pond in New Zealand. Well, I met them in Australia, so I will say that they're Australian. There you go. That, of course, is Shem Phillips and the team at Garfield Games. Look, we're going to own them. They're honorary Australians. Of course they are. Viscounts of the West Kingdoms. It's the third of the West Kingdoms game to complete the trilogy. Now, yes. of course, I saw pop up in my little email, Leon, that you did back this straight away. I did back it, and I also backed the uh, the, the, the trilogy. The Tome Saga? Yes, I did. I was looking at this the other day, and because they've got the word Tome, T-O-M-E, in the word Saga, and run them together, I was like, yeah, I get the Vikings of the West Kingdom, but... What's the Thomas saga? <laughs> I, where does that fit in? And then, of course, when I looked into it, it's the Tome saga, which sort of brings all three of the games together in a campaign. Mm. Much like, is it the runes in the, the North Kingdom? The rune saga in the, yeah. the three games. So there you go. So probably quite similar, bringing the three games together. And it's also worth mentioning that if you back this, you can get your hands on all the previous games mm. in this trilogy, as well as the expansion for Architects, which was only released not very long ago, so, which is um, Age of Artisans. I hadn't actually had a chance to grab that myself, so I'm going to get that as an add-on in the Kickstarter, so it's worth doing it just for that. And look, the great thing about this is it's actually priced in New Zealand dollars, which means it's almost free. Yes, isn't it so good to Exchange put... rates are so great at the moment. Pressing a button on, on Kickstarter and actually having the, the number go down <laughs> is, is an amazing thing. So for the for the guys at Garfield Games, that alone is worth a back for me. <laughs> now, um, so what it is at the moment, um, roughly 78 Australian dollars, including shipping, if you just go for Viscounts, or if you want to include the Tome Saga, I think it works out to be around $120. But 78 for a game of that quality mm -hmm. shipped to your door with all the extra you know, bells and whistles of yeah. Kickstarter edition, that's amazing. You can even add on some really metal, metal coins. Yeah. And they can use in any of the games. Anyway, it's got one, uh, it's got 14 days to go. It's already raised over 650,000 and it's only been on there what, a day and a bit. A day or two, I think. Yeah. It's going berserk. So get onto that one, Viking, Vikings, Viscounts. Yes. No Vikings in that one. That was in the previous game <laughs> um, of the West Kingdom. Now, Leon. Yes, sir. Look, what I might, I'm, I might talk about a couple more just quickly, and then we might take a break. Okey doke. Um, now, here's a little one that maybe a lot of people don't know about, but if you're a bit like me and you're into your sort of um, military history, you might know about Colditz Castle. One of the famous castles where prisoners were held in World War II, and there was a famous escape there. There was a movie about escape from Colditz. Yep. It's the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Colditz Castle this year, and to celebrate, mm -hmm. there's a card game. 
Cool. It's called Get Out of Cold Bits, the card game. Makes sense. It's a it's a self-described addictive card game about escaping. Now, they've raised over $12,000, but that's okay because their target was only six. Excellent. Um, it's a very long campaign. Still got 43 days to go. So you've got, <laughs> you got a lot of time to get on this, but it has well, been funded. And yeah. it's only 18 poons. 18 poons. So that's only at least... 270 Australian dollars, which is quite nice. I think it's about $35, and yeah. that, but that includes shipping yeah. from the UK. I tell you what, so it's, again, it's actually quite clever that they've gone with the, the longer time frame because they probably thought, what if all these other big games that are coming to Kickstarter drop soon? Mm -hmm. Because now, once you said that, I was like, that sounds interesting, but I don't think I can back anything else at the moment. But 40-odd days? Yeah, I'm not doing anything you know, in 40-odd <laughs> days, I don't think. That's right. Now, speaking of... Epic, epic, epic games that just smashed on the Kickstarter on Wednesday morning after I'd already done all my research. Yeah. Thanks very much, Lucky Duck Games. Yeah. We have Chronicles of Crime, the Millennium series. Now, we teased this mm. a couple of weeks ago. It is now, number one on Kickstarter at the moment in the popularity. Well, look, no wonder. Everyone would have heard, you know, that how much I loved and we loved Chronicles of Crime, mm -hmm. which is that detective style game where you're using an app yep you've got your virtual reality where you're looking at crime scenes on your phone or your tablet yep it's got the vr glasses that you can get with it mm -hmm. and in the original game it was set in sort of modern day in london then it had an expansion that was in uh, la noir and another expansion that was like 80s scooby-doo type thing well this yeah it's not one new game. No. Not two new games. No. It's three new games. Yeah. It's called the Millennium Series because there's one game set in 1400. Yep. Which is, I guess, it calls to mind your, what's that video game? Assassin's Creed. Yes, it's got it has a, a bit of Assassin's Creed. It's Assassin's Creed, Creed it. medievally monks and that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah, and it seems to be. I think it's set in France. Yeah, the first scenario is about Notre Dame. Yep. Um, then you've got 1900. So you've got your sort of Victorian Sherlock. England. Yeah, Sherlocky times. Yep. And then the third game is 2400. Yeah. So you've so got set the in the future. future. Um, and in that game, you've even got an opportunity to augment yourself mm. with devices yeah. to make you a better detective. Yeah, I did see that. You can actually pimp out your character, which is kind of cool. I must say, though, that out of the three games, just to be that guy on the internet, because we are just that guy on the internet, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the Sherlock Holmesy 1900 one, wouldn't mind giving that a crack. The futuristic one, I'd be interested to try that just to see what they do with in the future. Mm -hmm. The 1400 one... Couldn't care less. Really? No, no interest in that whatsoever. See, I'm almost opposite. Yeah. You've, you're a, um, you're like a, a monkey style. As a in, monkey? A, a monk style, monkish right. style investigator with your pet greyhound. Right. That can sniff things. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have done that in 1900? No. Okay, They didn't have as intelligent greyhounds clearly then. Um, <laughs> look. I loved Chronicles of Crime. Yeah. I so want to back this. I am so broke at the moment. So if someone wants to back this and send it to me, that would be fantastic. And for all three of them, yes. it is about 120 yes, Australian. Correct. 120 plus about. Now, they're talking about shipping at the moment. Yep. They're talking about over 30 Australian dollars for shipping, but... 
What they've said, there's a, a stretch goal yeah. that if they get over 250 backers from Australia and New Zealand... Which they will. <laughs> ...then the shipping drops down to around about 20 Australians. So that... If will, you go for the whole lot, I think. That will happen. I think so. And if you do that, you're getting three games for less than $150. And that's the thing that... Even the original Chronicles of Crime, if you get that a retail version of that now, it's only about $50 yeah. Australian, which for what you get in it, that's crazy value. Yeah, and so... Um, well, you can you can get one, two, or three of the games. Uh, it's forty five dollars for one, or as you said, one hundred and twenty for three plus shipping. Um, now, just scroll back up to the top there because I think when I looked last time, I said I said they raised yeah, bit over six hundred thousand. Yep, in just over a day. Okay, well that's this has only been out for a day or so, yep. so it is yes, still six hundred thousand, and so. you know five and a half thousand backers. So people are definitely getting on onto this. Yeah, um, you, you'll get your two hundred and fifty Australians. There's no, there's no yeah, doubt look, about. Yeah, I think that's fairly safe. But I mean, I I'm so interested by it. Yeah, yeah. Look, what well, what we might do? We yep. might take a super quick break. Okay, no, just to give everyone a rest and to prepare ourselves for the final smash through. Yes. Um, you're with the Dice Man Cometh here on Edge Radio ninety nine point three FM, proudly sponsored. By lfg-oz.com.au. Lovely. Hello, everybody. It's your friendly neighbourhood, Leon, here. Just a quick break in the action to remind everybody how you can interact with the Dice Men. Of course, we are on all those social medias. So things like your Instagrams, your Facebook, your Twitters. We're on all of them at Dice Men Cometh. You can also... Email us at thedicemencometh at gmail.com. That's a great way to get in touch with us for things like asking any type of questions, but also sponsorship. We've been doing that for several years now with various different promotions and ads, and you can be involved in that too if you like. Also, if you wish to help the Dice Man Cometh, you can get onto iTunes and chuck us one of those cheeky five-star reviews. It helps people from around the world get to listen, and we've met some great international listeners because of that. So the more you can do that, the merrier. And if you would like, we also have our Patreon. You can go over there and chuck us a few bucks, completely up to you. Even if you threw us a dollar a month, you would not notice out of your bank account, but we certainly would. If everybody listening to my voice did that, we would be happy as Larry. And we use that money to good effect. We use it to get to various different conventions all around Australia. It ain't easy getting around this big old country that we have, but we manage and we do it because we want to meet you and play as many games as possible. Or you could jump over to redbubble.com, chuck in the Dice Men Cometh, and have any of our merch with our logo on it. We've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, there are mugs, there are heaps of cool stuff over there. I've got quite a bit of it, and it all looks grand. So, with all that being said, thank you very much for listening and supporting us over the years. We absolutely love doing this show, and hopefully we'll be doing it for a long time to come, and your support is one of the main drivers of that. So feel free to get in touch about anything to do with board gaming or anything whatsoever. But enough of my chit-chat, back to the action. That was Sleepy Heads with I Think You're a Bit of a Hypocrite. What? And, and we're all a bit of a hypocrite, Mark. Calm down, it's fine. Well, I'm telling everyone to spend all their money, but I'm not going to spend much of mine. Well, you're very I much a hypocrite. Anyway, as I was saying, on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh proudly brought to you by our great friends over at LFG. Marky boy, more kicks. I'm going to smash out a couple of quick ones here before we, uh, we've got a bit of an announcement before we finish. But um, now, I think I mentioned this one also a couple of weeks ago, but 
Leon, you tell me you haven't backed this one. That is Batman the Animated Series by IDW. No bombshell. I'm not going to back a Batman game that is on Kickstarter. Wow, this is a battle of the cutesy superhero games between this one and the one that just finished, but, Marvel United. But it's based off the Batman Animated Series from the early 90s, which yeah. is far from cutesy, if you ever remember it. It's rather dark. Although it was PG, yes. it was rather dark. And I must say, of all the Batman things, be it the movies, the comics and stuff, it's the thing I do have the least amount of attachment to, which might be my reason to okay. not back it. But also, I'm just hoping and praying for a 2.0 version of the rules of the Batman edition game that I have, which cost me $500. Well, this one is part of the IDW Adventures Universal game system, which the other one that came out was their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Which I have been told is really good. But it... In terms of gameplay, it does look quite simplistic. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's heaps to it. Certainly not anywhere near as complicated as the the Batman Chronicles system. Yeah. I mean, I'd happily play it, but when I was already putting near $300 into yeah. the Marvel United at the same time, I had to pick and choose. Look, they've raised over $1.7 It's still got seven days to go. Marvel United, as we said, just wrapped up, which was the re-theme of Arcadia or Starcadia. That one raised over $2.8 million US dollars and 21,000 backers. Yeah. I just kept seeing more and more and more stretch goals. Yep. But then what I saw was a lot of those stretch goals were for, were for the add-ons. They certainly Very clever were. of so them. I started off with a base pledge of that because that was the only one you yep. could get for about $80 and then ended up spending about $280. All right, two more quick ones. Infinity Dungeon, uh-huh. uh, it's a scroll. In fact, it's multiple scrolls where you've got a complete campaign in a scroll by Yarrow Studios yep. um, who did the battle maps and raised almost a million dollars. Yes, and I it, got those battle maps. This one's raised over 720000 with another 20 days to go, but... yeah. It's about $100 for a scroll. Yeah, which is 20 foot long. And yeah. when they kind of were advertising this, they were like, 100 foot, they didn't tell you that it was across different scrolls. And yeah, $100 for one scroll. Now, it's a really cool idea because you can unroll it as you go along. Yeah. It is, it's a continuous thing. It's not just broken up into, here's a tavern, here's a volcano. No, it's broken up into almost like a story you can make up yourself yeah. throughout the scroll. So it's a cool idea. However, at the exact same time, the new version of uh, the modular book battle maps, which I've also backed previously, they come out, their second version, which is Towns and Taverns, which is two big old books of battle maps which lay flat on a table. Yeah. That came up, and for value for money, I'm definitely going to get them instead. I'm sad. Okay. And then what about Van Ryder Games and their third season of the graphic novel games? Yes, the completionist in me, I am going <laughs> to get this. Mainly because, A, I love graphic novels. Yeah. B, I love board games. C, I love Choose Your Own Adventure. So, sold as always. Almost um, almost done. We're not going to talk about Con on the Cob, which is four <laughs> days of games, art, freaks and fun in Richfield, Ohio. And we're not going to talk about Dip Shift, which is a dexterity and memory game no. about scooping ice cream. No, because we've got something much more important about we that. We have, Leon. That's what we've done with Kickstarter, but we've got something very important to tell you all about. BorderCon. Probably the 5th of June, maybe really early on the 6th, depend if you're driving or if you're taking a plane. But traffic around that time can be a bit stressful as well, so but you'll figure it out. Autocon. There you go. We have got 
two tickets to BorderCon. It's amazing how proud I am of that stupid <laughs> sting I come up with and then and then had an Eddie Money song stuck in my head for the rest of the damn day, which at 32 years of age, I, sh- I shouldn't be having that. Well, look, we'll we'll put more details about the competition in the, uh, yes. in the podcast. We certainly shall. But basically... We're giving away two tickets to BorderCon. There the, aren't any tickets yes, available. Yes, the only two tickets left in all of the land. It's sold out. You'll get to meet us, play yes. a game with us, and all you have to do, Leon... Yes, is one of two things. The first thing being, go over to iTunes and give us one of those reviews. It's up to you how many stars you leave, but if anyone that's worked in any service industry, you know, unless it's five stars out of five, it's not really a review, is it? Leon? Uh, yes? The kids call it Apple Podcast now. They keep calling it Apple Podcast. Either way, <laughs> if you could leave us one of those reviews, that would be grand. And then just send us an email at dicemancometh at gmail.com and to let us know that you've done that. But for all our lovely friends out there that have already left a glowing five-star review, thank you very much. There's a lot of them. Yes, there certainly are. We are climbing up the charts and it's always good to see. But if you have already done that, another second way that you can enter is by sending us either a video or a photo explaining or telling us the game that you wish to play with the Dice Men at BorderCon. Not only will you win the tickets if you're the winning entry, you will actually get to play that game at BorderCon with the Dice Men. So two different ways to enter. You can get on iTunes and give us a review and send us a a reply at uh, DiceManCometh at gmail.com or similarly at DiceManCometh at gmail.com. Send us a photo or a video that you will allow us to use on our social media, especially if it's the winner, telling us what you would like to play with us at BorderCon. And, Leon, uh, that competition, we're going to run that for... About I think m- about, about four weeks or so. About a month or so, about mid-April. So yeah. get in. Don't go thinking, I'll get around to it at some point. Get that camera out. Get that game box. Get a sort video. Get it out. Get on that iTunes and give us those reviews so we can be out there by listened to by all the millions of people. All right. Now, um, funnily enough, we have run out of time. There are so many more things on Kickstarter, so make sure you go yeah. and have a look. Um, I couldn't even mention them all. But what I do want to mention... Yep. I wanted to mention something. What was it? Sponsored by LFG, they're a good friend. Though I did want to mention that. It's <laughs> totally something I wanted to mention and it slipped my mind. Oh, oh of course. Okay. Guess what's happening in two weeks? What's happening in two weeks? Episode 300. 300. Yeah. Now, if you get your podcast really early, yeah. like as soon as it goes up, you still have time just... Yep. To record some audio and send it to us so we can play it on that show. We've already got some already, but we always want more. Yeah. More. More. Yeah. Um, so you can do that or just send us a message. Yep. Uh, you know, we're going to read some of our, we're going to play some audio. But in two weeks' time, episode 300. Yes. We're going to do a two-hour show. We are. We've only done one other before, and that was our 200th episode, So, which I can't believe was nearly two years ago now. That's, oh, that gonna, is amazing. We're going to have so much fun. But, Leon, we've got to get out of here. We do. We've run out of time again. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a great week. Play more games. Thank you to lfg-oz.com.au. Stay safe. Play games. Wash your hands. And yes. we'll see you next week. Bye. Stay healthy. Love you all. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their flagship events, LFG Sydney and LFG SN Unplugged, as well as their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.